Welcome to the Light Shine Church Sermon Podcast. I'm organizing pastor Rob Douglas, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to our weekly message. Well, to make a sound, it takes an ear to hear it. To make a sound, it takes an ear to hear it. So if I offered today's sermon and nobody was actually listening, listening to it, is it really even a sermon? I admit that with that, I just opened up the door for some funny comments in the Zoom chat. But if you choose to take me up on that, then we're at least all going to know that you are, in fact, listening to me. Who here has ever been in a conversation without really listening to the other person? Or better, who has been in a conversation and only pretended to be listening? At some point, we've all done something like this before, right? Listening, we know, is hard work. Listening to certain people is really hard work. And we find it nearly impossible, especially these days, to listen to people that we disagree with. We live in what's often called the age of communication. With our smartphones at our fingertips, we can email, text, or tweet, post, or call. Words are really easy to come by. And today it seems that everyone has something to say. Everyone has an opinion or a truth, or everyone is sure that they're right and others are wrong. But my question is this, how much listening is actually happening today? It's been said that listening is the missing half of communication. And so in this morning's Bible reading, we come, uh, will come to us in three sections. But the clear theme that unites all three is listening to Jesus. If Luke's gospel has taught us anything so far, it is that Jesus will almost always surprise us. Luke's gospel is one of uh, great, one great reversal after another, blowing up our assumptions and preconceived notions about how things really are. God will ask the disciples to listen to God's chosen son. Jesus himself will implore the disciples to allow his words to sink into their ears. So what is it today that the Spirit wants us to hear? What words does Jesus want to sink into our ears? The sad reality is that the disciples had just as much trouble listening as we do. I listened to a really good TED Talk this week on the art of listening, and the speaker, William Uri, at the end of his presentation said that the dream of listening is that a listening revolution might take place. This really got me thinking, a listening revolution. What might our world look like today if Christians participated in a listening revolution? When we are truly present, giving Jesus our full attention, that will lead to learning a learning leading to understanding, which is the key goal of listening. 
Understanding we know means to stand under. So to listen to Jesus is to stand under his authoritative teaching and to allow it to sink into the point where we live out his way in the world. Understanding completes the cycle of listening. It lets someone know that you have really actually heard them. Listening creates a contagious chain reaction of more listening. Maybe that is what a listening revolution might do. So let's listen in. Let's sit under the word so that we might come into fuller understanding. Here it comes from Luke 9, 28 to 45. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silence, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Jesus, uh, just then a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It throws him into convulsions until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. While everyone was amazed at all the things he was doing, he said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. The son of man is going to be betrayed into human hands. But they did not understand this saying. Its meaning was concealed from them so that they could not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today is known as Transfiguration Sunday or the Sunday before the season of Lent. This mountaintop experience took place eight days after Peter's bold confession that Jesus is the Messiah. Eight days after Jesus 
taught his disciples for the first time that he must suffer, die, and rise. And so the looming question is, had they been listening? Did they understand what this meant? So Jesus took his inner circle, his closest friends, Peter, James, and John, with him up a high mountain for this very special experience. While Jesus was praying, his face changed, his clothes became dazzling white. The great rabbis of the Jewish tradition taught that the face of Adam had lost its radiance because of sin, but that the Messiah would one day restore the radiance of the human face. What a thought that is. The transfiguration is showing Jesus from the inside out. What a gift this experience must have been for those disciples. They're seeing Jesus for who he really is. What a gift it also is to us, the church, for we too get to catch this authentic glimpse of Jesus. The disciples see Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. Here, Israel's great deliverer, Moses, who represents the law. Elijah representing the prophets. They are hanging out with Jesus right in front of Peter, James, and John. We even get to eavesdrop on the conversation. What were they speaking of? They were speaking of Jesus's departure, the Greek word for exodus. This is clearly a reference to Jesus's journey to Jerusalem and his weekend of suffering, death, and resurrection. The disciples have this mountaintop experience. They witness this glorious moment. They want to bask in it, to take it all in. Can you really blame them? Who wouldn't want to take this moment in? Maybe make it last a little bit longer. We all long for these rare mountaintop experiences that we have in life. We all want to feel closer to God on in these mountaintop experiences like Shay was talking about. We all want to experience God's presence. Well, during these unique uh, 10 months that we have been in, I've been spending a lot more time hiking and mountain biking. And almost always to the top of one mountain or another. <laughs> Rarely in life do I feel closer to God than on top of a mountain watching the sunset on another day. The quiet, the solitude, the beauty can be almost overwhelming at times. This is a picture from uh, my favorite spot at the top of a mountain in Dos Nientos in the back corner of Newbury Park where you can see the islands off in the distance in the ocean. It's absolutely gorgeous. And they put a little bench there, first of all, for me to catch my breath when I get to the top and then get to post up and spend some time there watching the sunset. I've been doing this at this location for almost 10 months now and have like a hundred pictures like this. These moments have actually been helping me 
to cope with all the things that are going on in the world around me. They help to ground me, to center me. They bring my blood pressure down. And after I finally catch my breath at the top, they help me to just breathe and to be present. Like Peter, James, and John, I rarely want these experiences to end. I rarely want to come back down and face the difficult challenges of this new COVID life that we're in. Peter quite literally doesn't want to come down from Mount Tabor. He doesn't want to re-enter the hardships of real life, and we get that. He wants to stay in the divine presence forever. And he comes up with this bold plan, this building project, in order to make it last a little bit longer. He's just confessed Jesus as the Messiah. But this building project idea of Peter's is further proof that he doesn't yet understand that Messiahship will mean suffering. Peter doesn't want to hear of Jesus's departure. He doesn't want to hear Jesus speak of suffering and death. It's just too painful for him. So Peter speaks when he should be listening. He wants to build something, to do something, when he should be still and silent. And as Peter is jabbering his jaws, God quite humorously has to intervene. God needs Peter to stop talking. And our God of infinite patience cannot even wait for the long-winded Peter to finish his ridiculous speech. They're enveloped in this cloud symbolizing God's presence, the voice of God appearing, actually having to drown out Peter's own voice. And the divine voice coming from the cloud should sound familiar to us. They're almost the exact same words that were spoken at Jesus's baptism. This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. Whether consciously or subconsciously, listening to Jesus talk about his death was exactly the thing that Peter just couldn't do. He would rather Jesus find another way. Here we see the brilliance of the gospel writer. We have the glory of God shining through like never before in this crazy existential experience that these disciples have. But we also have the looming contrast of the cross. Not only is God revealed in these mountaintop type experiences, but scripture is reminding us that God will ultimately be revealed in the suffering of Jesus. Jesus will suffer and die that we might have life. After God spoke, Moses and Elijah disappear, and Jesus is found alone with his disciples who had no clue what to do with what they had just witnessed because it says that they did not yet understand. 
And so for many years, they actually remain silent about this experience. Luke then places the healing of this epileptic boy following the transfiguration to again highlight the power of Jesus and the frustration of the disciples who just can't get the job done. And while everyone is amazed at Jesus's healing power, look what he does. He uses that experience. He takes that opportunity once again to tell his disciples of his coming departure, of his exodus, of the journey toward the cross that he was about to undertake. He desperately needed them to listen and to understand and to allow the words of betrayal and suffering and death to sink into their ears. Although they heard the words, they did not understand. This was and had to be another dark moment for Jesus, because although he's surrounded by his best friends, he was truly alone because he was not understood. Understanding completes the cycle of listening. The road to resurrection glory was first going through the suffering of the cross. Personally, I don't know about you, but I can always relate to Peter. <laughs> I'm often too busy talking or building something to sit quietly and listen for God's voice. Even as an introvert, I tend to be on the quiet side publicly, but around Katie, I rarely ever shut up. I can blabber on for hours about almost anything, and I do often. <laughs> I also enjoy building things for God. I love being active in the community, getting my hands dirty, fixing problems, getting stuff done, making things happen. And to that, I hear God say, stop, stop talking, stop going, Stop doing, stop building stuff and just be. Just sit in my presence in stillness and silence and listen. Let it all sink in. So then maybe the question is, what is it that Luke wants us to hear from Jesus? Well, theologian Justo Gonzalez said this, which was the best thing I found when I was studying this text. He wrote, the roller coaster experience of the disciples is also ours. Are we an Easter people or are we a people of the cross? He says both because neither is of any significance without the other. This, perhaps, is what Luke wants us to hear from Jesus. As we celebrate the victory of Jesus, we never forget the perfect love that was revealed in the suffering of Jesus that we 
we'll start exploring in detail during the Lenten journey that begins this Wednesday. Just as our own mountaintop experiences eventually all return to the valleys of real life. I'm intrigued by the idea of a listening revolution because I wonder that if we learn to listen well to Jesus, we will have to be transformed and the world will be a much more grace-filled place because of it. Amen.